0: All right, we've got our afterlife panel coming on now. Let me talk to you a little bit about Elizabeth before she moderates this (laughs) panel that we have today. So thank you for being here today with us. Elizabeth is the president and co-founder and newsletter editor of Helping Parents Heal. She has four beautiful children, two of whom are in spirit. Chelsea passed when she was two days old in France and Morgan transitioned at the base camp of Mount Everest when he was just 20 years old. Elizabeth is the affiliate leader of the Phoenix Scottsdale Group of Helping Parents Heal, and she is the author of Life to Afterlife Helping Parents Heal, the book. She is also a certified yoga instructor and teaches healing yoga. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. It's so great to see both of you. And it's wonderful to have these incredible members of our panel today. And um, we're going to just jump right in because we have some wonderful questions. I'm going to start. We're going by alphabetical order. So I'm going to start with Mark Anthony, who is going to be at our conference. Mark Anthony, JD, psychic explorer, psychic lawyer, is a world-renowned psychic medium, Oxford-educated attorney near-death experience researcher paranormal expert and legal analyst who appears internationally on tv and radio and headlines at conferences and expos like helping parents heal mark is a featured columnist for best holistic life magazine and co-host of the psychic and the doc on the transformation network mark anthony is the author of three best-selling books the afterlife frequency evidence of eternity and never letting go. His latest, The Afterlife Frequency, has been endorsed by the world's top survival of consciousness scientists and designated by prettyprogressive.com as one of the top books about faith in God. The afterlife frequency and evidence of eternity were considered for Pulitzer Prizes all of his books are recommended by hospices and grief counselors worldwide, so um, I am going to address the first question to mark Anthony. Um, And that question is through your work as a medium and near death experiencer or excuse excuse me near death experience researcher
1: and
0: (laughs) well yes and experiencer I know that you are as well you have developed new terms and concepts about spirit communication one of these is electromagnetic soul can you explain what this means to us
1: I I can and I'm going to do it as quickly as I can. We know that in in the study of afterlife science, we are now discovering that the brain did not create consciousness, it merely hosts it. The way your computer hard drive hosts the programs on it. I mean nobody's hard drive created Windows 10 or Windows, you know, any of the Windows programs. So, we know from the study of neuroscience that the brain being only 2% of the body's weight uses over 20% of its electrical energy. We know from the laws of thermodynamics and physics that energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. And we know from faith that every great spiritual teacher from the sages of ancient India 5,000 years ago, through Zoroaster, Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Native American spirituality, all believe that the soul, the who and what we are, pre-exist the body, comes into the body, and moves on after the body dies. So I created the term electromagnetic soul to explain what we really are, which is pure consciousness that is eternal electromagnetic energy. Now, obviously I'm given the Cliff Notes version of this, and but I would like to honor something that Dr. Gary Schwartz said about the electromagnetic soul. Because sometimes people say that, well, this sounds all very much like physics. And and Dr. Schwartz said, well, let's look at electromagnetic soul as soul, S-O-U-L, standing for source of universal love.
0: That's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for that answer. And I'm glad that you were able to add something for Gary because he has very weak internet service right now, but we're going to jump from you and come back to you to uh, Dr. Lenore Matthew, who holds a PhD and master's in social work from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign with expertise in trauma, grief, and intuitive awakenings, as well as research and evidence-based practice. She is also a trained evidential medium and a young widow. Her ability of mediumship opened up when her late husband unexpectedly passed in 2020. Today, Dr. Matthew blends her social work and research background with her mediumship ability to help people hone their own intuitive abilities and develop interactive healing relationships with their loved ones in the afterlife. You can find out more about her and her work at www. Dr. And I'm going to go ahead and ask her first question. From your research practice and personal experience, how can maintaining an active relationship with a loved one in the afterlife, help someone heal through a loss? And that is something that we all want to know. So go ahead.
2: Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for inviting me to this panel. Thank you to the panelists, and especially to Open to Hope and everyone who's here. So many of us have experienced something like receiving signs or afterlife communications from our loved ones. It's a common experience, I would say. It's actually a majority of us who've lost a loved one on the other side have felt our loved one with us, we've dreamt of them, we've received some sort of a sign, something poignant. There was a 2023 survey by the Pew Research Center that went out over um, a a representative uh, survey of the population of the United States. And over half of all Americans have felt their loved one near them after they passed. So this is a very common experience. The thing that i found in my own experience especially being you know a very left-brained person or presenting myself as such before my husband passed in 2020 is we don't have any sort of concept of it's not in our realm of day-to-day conversation if it is it's in a very hollywoodized or sensationalized way but when we're faced with an extreme traumatic loss or any kind of loss it's almost like the ego crumbles And whatever comes in that brings some sort of light, it's almost like bring it on. At least that's how I felt. So I found in my research, in my practice, and also in my own lived experience, when we connect to our loved ones on the other side, and I mean that by receiving their signs, but also by actively engaging with them. So for me, I meet my husband all the time in meditation, also seeing mediums. I practice as a medium as well. Um, There's this short-term and long-term effect of positive impact on our healing and also on our mental health. And this really affects us kind of at three levels. We make sense of the present, we make sense of the past, and we make sense of the future. Or We engage in these things in different ways by working with our loved ones. So in the present, right now, when we're going through loss, for me, it was in 2020, it still feels like yesterday, my husband died by suicide without any warning signs. So the trauma and the shock of that was and just overwhelming, my entire worldview was uprooted. But the present of feeling him come close, of working with him in meditation, of connecting to him through mediumship, helped me feel hope and comforts in the immediate. It was a protective factor. I knew that I have goosebumps all over as I say that. I know when he's here, I can feel him. Um, I would meet him in dreams sometimes, but it was more the, uh, the active connection through meditation. So in the present, there was a, a protective factor, a connection, and also an opening of my mind to something i would never thought of before, that he could be here, that maybe we continue. For the first time in my life, I thought about what it's like to have life after death. I'd never thought about it before. As I continued working with my husband, his name is Bruno, as I continued working with Bruno and meeting with him in meditation, doing guided meditations, feeling him in Shavasana after yoga, I started to get very clear signs that helped me reconcile the past. And so I started to understand by the clear sentient messages he would send and sometimes objective information that I could verify that helped me get my why. I understood, I started to piece together what happened in the past, and I've heard this in my, my research as well. Uh, for example, I think of one study participant who was estranged from her dad. He crossed and then he came to her and they've actually been able to rebuild a relationship that they didn't have in the physical. They reconciled the past. And mm. then we receive insight into the future, which as someone who's gone through traumatic loss, it's like your whole world crumbles and we've got to piece it back together somehow. And that happens gently, at the mind, at the body, at the heart, at the soul, at the community, at the family. And where do you start? And for me, it was leaning into Bruno's messages and then messages from other people on the other side that I started to connect with. I started to learn guides. I started to meet my grandparents in new ways who are on the other side. And they give us Pieces of information that help us move forward. And that ultimately led me back to the work that I do now, which is group work. I don't do one on one readings anymore, but I do group work of teaching people how to bring in this continued bond um, theory and apply it in a way where we learn how to tap into our own mediumship. So, long story short, there are short term and long term benefits that help us move through grief, process it, and also find a life that we really deem worth living and love to live.
0: That's beautiful. You have such a way with words. Uh I love it. Thank you for for sharing that with us. We're moving on to Dr. Mark Pitstick, who is a huge part of helping parents heal as well. Um, He's an MADC, has 50 years of experience helping many people in hospitals, pastoral counseling settings, mental health centers, and holistic health care clinics. When he was six years old, Mark told his parents that a beautiful sunset, sunset reminds me of God, which I think is beautiful. Dr. Pitstick has written seven books, created 11 uh, transformative audio programs, produced a documentary and hosted two radio shows on spiritual awareness and optimal living. He directs the Soul Phone Foundation, He assists in research on the Soul Phone project and works closely with helping parents heal as well. Uh, To learn more, you can go to either www.soulproof.com or www.thesoulphone.com. And your first question, Mark, is, what is the collective evidence that now proves life continues after bodily death? I think this might be one of my favorite questions for this panel. Could you tell us that?
3: you bet thanks very much elizabeth for this opportunity to share some of the great news that provides a vast amount of hope and healing much more than most people know about right now i'll be referring to some articles on my website soulproof.com and so to learn more about the great news what it is how it can transform every aspect of your life see article number 19. So the collective evidence, uh, we, and and that's Dr. Gary Schwartz and I, have broken down into three categories. First, scientific evidence. So this is true scientific evidence. Controlled studies, replicated research, multi-centered studies, double-blind involvement, and published in a peer-reviewed scientific journal. And to learn more about that scientific evidence, you can see article number one at soulproof.com. The second category of evidence we term clinical, and so that involves medical or psychological clinicians collecting data in a systematic way and analyzing, and the data collection occurs in professional offices, hospitals, or field settings. And the categories under clinical include near-death experiences, past life memories, perinatal research, life between live studies, terminal lucidity, and deathbed visions. So to learn more about that category of afterlife evidence, see article number 60. And finally, the third category we term experiential evidence, also known as empirical or firsthand experience evidence. And this is evidence that's perceived and analyzed by the person having the direct experience. And categories in that include after-death communications, out-of-body experiences, shared death experiences, although shared death experiences are now moving into the clinical realm with more research being collected and other personal experiences. And these are described in article number 115. Now, my short book called The Afterlife Evidence describes all this evidence and also greater reality living which Dr. Schwartz and I wrote together, available at soulproof.com and Amazon and by the way our policy is that anyone who can truly not afford these but wants them will send free digital copies just email me marketsoulproof.com.
0: that that is wonderful and i know that this is true because we have lots of parents who get your books we have right now um about nine minutes to be able to do three more questions so we're going to Whip through them if possible, um starting with Mark Anthony again. Um, and I love this question as well. What is a shared death experience and a deathbed vision? How does your EMS, which is the electromagnetic soul theory, explain these phenomena?
1: Thank you, Elizabeth. In my work is a psychic medium, and um I've done over fifteen thousand readings. And I continue to do readings, both in an individual and a group setting. And I've been able to observe close hand people that experience a deathbed vision, as well as a shared death experience. When the electromagnetic soul is leaving the body, there is an expansion of frequency. And what happens is when somebody is in transition, We hear through near-death experience research how people go through a tunnel into the light and they're greeted by loved ones in spirit. Well, I've been at the bedside of a number of people as they're dying and I'll pick up on the spirits that are there to greet them. So what happens is many times when somebody is dying and it could be family members, friends, but also healthcare workers and hospice workers, um, they will observe that the person who's dying will start interacting with and talking to people that they know who died. They may start talking to a spouse or a child or a grandparent or friends who died. And for years, people were saying, oh, well, this is the side effect of a dying brain. This is some type of um, a hallucination prior to passing. But now, we have shared death experiences where those same people who are in close physical proximity, they too will see the spirits. I was at the bedside of one woman who was passing and I picked up on 27 different spirits. Her children were able to identify 24 of them, the other three they weren't sure because it appeared to be on the great grandparent level. And so what happens is, as the EMS is is leaving the body, its frequency begins to interact with the afterlife frequency of the other side. Okay, so those are the spirits. But the rest of us in close proximity, and you don't have to be a medium to experience this, we all have electromagnetic souls. Our brains all operate on electromagnetic energy. And what happens in a shared death experience is your brainwave frequency starts to overlap with the persons um, who is transitioning and the spirits they're communicating with. And see, this has been documented for centuries, and people haven't, you know, they haven't wanted to talk about it because it's kind of that fringe voodoo, voodoo type of thing. But now that this is becoming more mainstream, it's been documented quite a bit. And I'd like to leave with perhaps one of the most famous deathbed visions happened two years ago. Our favorite golden girl, Betty White, as she was dying, she was married to the love of her life, Alan Ludden, for over you know for for decades, and he died forty years before her. And at the precise moment when she died, she looked up and she said, "Alan," and then she passed. So I'll leave us with that.
0: That's beautiful. Kind of like the one that Steve Jobs did as well, which was also beautiful. So we have two and a half minutes each for the two of you. And thank you, Mark. Um, so we're going to quick jump into Dr. Lenora Matthews question, which is, is it possible for anyone to develop a relationship with their departed loved one? If so, how? Yes,
2: yes, 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 yes. A thousand times. Yes. I like in Learning. I say learning spirit talk, learning how to tap into the other side through your own psychic abilities. I say it's like learning another language. And while there are people that yes, may have a natural kind of ability to go deeper. We're all born with the capacity to learn how to say, hello, I love you in another language. So how do we do this? We can work with ourselves and then with groups and both have their own merits and both are important so when i say ourselves both are connecting it's this trifecta right up to spirit so on my own i do guided meditations every day in the first year especially after bruno passed i would do a guided meditation and i would just go elsewhere and it helped my physical body heal and it also take helps take me to a place where we could connect energy healing like reiki kundalini um, movement and then the settle after so yoga helps Um, Automatic writing and journaling. These are different ways that we can start to identify and connect in and start to get a sense of how our loved ones are coming close. And then for me and a lot of people with whom I've worked, my awareness and trust in my abilities really were just kind of blown out of the water when I started doing formal intuitive development. And there's no one here saying, if you do so, that you have to have the objective in mind of being a practicing medium. Maybe that's a part of your path for some of it. Maybe it's just in, you know a, a stepping stone. But as we start to work with other people, we expand our abilities and our gifts. And we also start to get validation that what we're perceiving is validated because other people are saying, yeah, you're right. That's That makes a lot of sense to me. So working with the self and then working with groups, all with the intention of calling our loved ones in.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And so the last question for Mark, but you might want to integrate something with Gary as well. Um, How can people better sense the living presence of their loved ones who have changed worlds? So this is kind of similar to what uh, Dr. Lenore Matthews was saying, but maybe you could um, expand on that.
3: Sure. I'll mention three ways. There are others. First of all, spontaneous after-death communications, and by the way, working with parents. and with uh, helping parents heal, almost 100% of those parents have had one or more waking or dreaming meaningful perceptions of their child. Secondly, I created the facilitated after-death communication technique as described in article number nine at soulproof.com, which uses very deep relaxation slash light hypnosis, guided imagery to quiet the brain which you understand blocks out 99% of reality and allows us then to sense what's all around us, really, our loved ones who have changed worlds. Uh, and in the future, we quite likely will be able to, and this is what Dr. Gary Schwartz is gonna present, use soul phone technology. Dr. Schwartz is a former Harvard and Yale professor, now a senior professor at the University of Arizona. So to learn more about that project, you can visit soulphone.com, but just briefly, he has been working for 15 years. We now have a team of software developers, electrical engineers, working on the soul switch, a binary yes-no signal from what we call post-material persons. Once this switch is perfected, then it will be able to be used in the soul keyboard, which is just a series of switches so that loved ones can text or type with us. And then eventually, soul audio talking, soul video, just like we're doing now. Very exciting. With
0: our loved ones but instead. Yes. Yeah, this in provides spirit.
3: so much hope and healing for people. So I hope you know it's happening now. Please, you know this is part of that great news.
2: I've learned that it helped me to help others. To know I'm not the only one. Put one foot in front of the other. Find a life.
0: Adding hope to the darkness, you
3: start on the trip to recovery.
0: Reach deep down inside and say, I am going to live on.
3: We laugh, we cry, and remember. Hope without action doesn't work. Hope with action can change the world.
0: We always say, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours.